you're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. And we are so lucky every month we get to have a conversation with Amherst Town Manager Paul Bachelman. And Paul joins us right now. Paul, I want to start by just congratulating you. You have uh, been honored by your peers. You are now named the second vice president of Massachusetts Municipal Association, uh, which, uh, parenthetically, is the city and town managers throughout the Commonwealth. You are the second vice president and now a member of the MMA Board of Directors. So congratulations to you. Tell us what that means for this region. So thank you for that. And um, it's really is a privilege to serve as the second vice president of the um, Massachusetts Municipal Management Association. And that by that um, function, I get to serve on the MMA Board of Directors, as you said. You know, it's really important for Western Mass to be um, recognized and to be in seats of leadership at the MMA level. The MMA, which many people think of it as Mass- Massachusetts Municipal Association, to many committees, cities and towns, it means more money always because they really lobby at the state house for cities and towns to try to get more funds from the state um, to to fit to help meet the needs at our local level. Um, and I'm not the only person from Western Mass, as you know. Um, there's a, you know we work to include a lot of people, and uh, Mayor LaChapelle is is really important as the president of the Mass Mayors Association. Um, we have other members from Western Mass and having a contingent from Western Mass helps us um, bring the message that's different than Eastern Mass um, to, um, to, to the State House. I am really interested in that. Uh, you know, I'm long, uh, I've been the uh, moderator in the town of Ashfield. I've been on our planning board. We have relied heavily on Mass Mutual, excuse me, Massachusetts Municipal Association, not an insurance company. Um, for a lot of the information we get and the understanding that we have of regulatory and statutory requirements and the like. But um, when when you say that the needs of local municipal entities is different than the eastern Massachusetts municipal entities, what do you mean and in what ways are they different? Well, I'd like to always, when I make my argument, I say when you see a map of Massachusetts, it says Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And common is in Western Mass and wealth is in Eastern Massachusetts. And we have to recognize that the wealth is in Eastern Massachusetts, but the needs are in Western Massachusetts because we have more roads, we have more demands on services, um, and we don't have the population density that Eastern Massachusetts has. That's where they generate a lot of their wealth. So our needs are higher on a per capita basis than they are in Eastern Massachusetts. So we need to be articulating that and bringing that message to um, our, our state association, which really is our voice uh, at the state house for for everything that's going on in the state. This is Dan. Uh, can you tell us what the actual organization does? Do you meet once a year? What happens? Sure, sure. Yeah, so the Mass Municipal Association, I, I have our time with that too. Um, it's the <laughs> association of all 351 cities and towns. Uh, the leadership structure is composed of four groups, which is the mayors, the managers, which I'm one, um, city councilors and select board members um and so there's five committee members who but they don't have they don't have a seat at the uh, on the board so it's those those four different entities come together they they elect their people and then they serve on the board 
And what they do is basically an advocacy group, but it also uh, shares information. They also run insurance programs. You did, so they do run an insurance program that's a cooperative insurance program just for cities and towns. And, and they do provide other services. A lot of it is education and training. So in January, they had a big training session for all the new counselors throughout the state who were elected. And just like you get elected as a counselor, you say, well, what do I do? And this, they tell you this workshop gives experienced counselors and officials from the state. Here's what you, here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do type things. I know. And people like uh, people who hold positions like assessors, they, they just rely very heavily on what we call the MMA. Um, but let's 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 focus on one of those municipal subdivisions, which is called the town of Amherst. So <laughs> you have been, um, well, experiencing budget challenges, I think it's safe to say, in Amherst. So can we talk about that? Yeah, I think we're not alone. I mean, uh, every city in town is going to be facing the same kind of challenge where the the expenses for running a town are increasing disproportionately to the amount of revenue that we're able to bring in. So, for instance, our health insurance costs are scheduled to go up 10 to 12 percent. Our property and liability expenses, uh, due to our experience, you know, um, are going to go up significantly. Um, collective bargaining employees deserve and are entitled to higher wages, um, and we want them to get paid, but we are limited by the amount of revenue that we have. So that's where the rub comes in uh, with, with our municipal employees, and it becomes a challenge that we'd like to pay them more, but we just don't have the funds to do it. And we're primarily an employee-driven budget. So, and then in terms of the revenue, our own our major revenue source is our property tax, and that's limited by Proposition Two and a Half. Um, Amherst can get generate growth. Growth is when you build a new building or add a deck onto your house or something like that. That gets taxed in addition to what you already pay. Um, a lot of our smaller communities don't have access to much new growth. There's not a new a lot of new construction happening, so they have to live within the limits of Prop Two and a Half. So that's the rub: is that you get a two and a half percent increase. Um, you know. A lot of unions are getting like three percent increasing, and um, and then people are entitled to steps and things like that, and it's it just doesn't add up anymore. Right, and of course we have various statutory, uh, I guess, the paths to get money from the state through Chapter seventy for education or Chapter ninety for our yeah. roads, but it never seems to be enough. Paul Bachelman. Well, it. May I it add doesn't. to that? It, May go I ahead, add Dan. To that? Yeah, about Amherst. You know, from from looking at articles, um, Amherst has challenges because the industries in the town are nonprofits. So there isn't a large tax base, right? There isn't a large commercial tax education, base out of colleges, out of, and education, colleges and universities, and there and so large part of the tax burden must fall on uh, property taxes. Right, as, as we've right? talked before with Paul Bachelman, uh, it's no big surprise that. You know, the uh, during when school is when university is in session, we have tens of thousands of people that are added to the population of Amherst, all of whom need to walk on the sidewalks and use the services that the that the town provides. And so that's another challenge that Amherst has particularly. Right, Paul Buckham. 
Exactly. So our fire and ambulance service is designed to meet the needs of 40,000 people and half of those people live in property that doesn't pay tax. Um, we do have a strategic partnership agreement with the university to offset some of those expenses, but we size our department based on a, a larger population, not just for the students, but also for all the, the thousands of workers who come into the town every day to work. So those are just added costs that most communities don't have. From the state's point of view, you know, you know, the we're not getting the aid that we really need, and I think um, we're, it's not unique to us, but it also applies to Northampton. Northampton and Amherst are very similar. We share, you know, we've talked recently with the mayor and sharing um, what our, what we can do to make ourselves better. We get $30 per student in the governor's budget. That's, you know, the MMA is asking for $100 per student. That's just to help us stay, not even even, just to make the, the, the reductions less. So I think that's a big thing. Chapter 90 has, has stayed pretty flat over the years. We'd like that. That's our roads. That's the number one complaint in our community and in almost every other community is the roads. Um, and so I think I, I would actually want to talk, talk about the roads for a second too. Um, but so, so those are the challenges. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a revenue challenge for us mostly. Dan's ears always perk up when we talk about the roads in Amherst. So talk to us about the roads in Amherst. Okay. So, so what's happening is, um, if you looked at this week, the weather, so it, it's, a, it's, you know, below freezing at night and above freezing during the day. And there's sometimes some precipitation. So what happens is when it's, there's precipitation, there's moisture on the road, there's rain, it seeps into those little micro cracks that you see, they call it alligatoring. And then at night it freezes and pops open some of the, it loosens some of the um, pavement. And then the next day it warms up again and all that ice that was formed is now loose again, is water again, and then the same thing happens. It used to be, you know, 25 years ago, um, it would stay cold for most of the winter. So we didn't have this thawing and freezing cycle. And if you, they, Pittsfield just actually just did a, um, uh, looked at this and saw that it's like adding an extra week of winter um, wear and tear on roads because of this, the climate change, the, 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 the weather change that we've experiencing over the last 20 years. So, um, so what are we doing about that? So we, we have just purchased a, um, a new device that allows us, to, during the winter, you can't get hot asphalt, which is the best way to fill potholes. The town just purchased a hot box where we can heat up the asphalt and when we fill a pothole it'll stick previously you had to use cold asphalt you put it in you you stamp it you tamp it down it pops out the next time it snows basically because it's cold and it's not it's not sealed together so we're hoping to be better on our potholes and we ho are hope we're dedicating more and more money every year to f getting uh, a handle on the roads that need to be repaved and uh, how much was that hot box and where did the money come from to purchase it? So it's through our capital program. Um, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it, you know, it, it wasn't that expensive because oh, it's just, it's just a trailer that, that heats up things. You had mentioned before we went on the air, uh, we had an email communication and you mentioned financial assistance from former finance director, Sandy Pooler. Um, what's that about? 
Oh, so our finance director um, moved on to another position um, and who was very talented. And uh, we have we are looking for a new finance director as we speak in the mean with finance directors in the state of Massachusetts are few and far between in the skill level that is needed, um, especially when you see the compensation that we're able to pay um, makes it very um, hard to find really talented finance directors. Sandy Pooler um, was the finance director for about five years from 2010 to 2016, something like that. Um, he is probably the most knowledgeable person about municipal finance in the Commonwealth. He has a regular seat on the MMA's uh, Fiscal Policy Committee. He teaches, he speaks at these uh, orientation sessions for new legislators, things like that. After he left Amherst, he became the deputy town manager in the town of Arlington and then ultimately the town manager in the town of Arlington. And last summer he retired. So, of course, uh, having a vacancy, I approached him and said, hey, how would you like to work, get a retirement job a couple of days a week? And he thought about it and ultimately agreed. And so he has a ready knowledge of Amherst and our financial situations. He knows more about municipal finance. He's built uh, buildings, uh, two of the largest uh, building, uh, school buildings at Arlington High School and Newton North High School. He knows the MSBA process and borrowing all the really technical stuff that we need. He brings that knowledge to us. So he's also a funny, fun, funny guy that everybody in, in, in the town hall already knows. So there's no ramp up time for getting to know trust or understanding everything that's unique about Amherst. Yet another jewel in the crown that Amherst has. We're going to be back. We're going to continue our conversation with Paul Bachelman. In particular, I want to ask Paul Bachelman about a modernization bill and what that means. We'll be right back. Listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. And this is our monthly conversation with Amherst Town Manager Paul Bachelman. And I wanted to ask you, Paul, about uh, the governor's municipal modernization bill. I know nothing about it. What is it? So, like I called it that, but I think their official title is Municipal Empowerment Act. It's sort of the second tier of the last they, a few years ago they did a municipal modernization bill but it it allow it provides um takes away some of the red tape that has been that makes it difficult to run cities and towns um and and it gives some options for us in terms of um if we choose to um, bring in more revenue so like they've raised the threshold for how much what, what we have to go out for bid these thresholds for requiring written bids just takes a lot of time because you have to write bid specs and then and bidders don't want to put in the paperwork that they need to um, do so if they raise that number it should still be there but at a certain at a higher level um, that you know move it to a hundred thousand dollars so these smaller purchases that you make over ten or twenty thousand dollars you can just use best business practices um, it streamlines some procurement things for electric buses for instance and things like that um, it allows for new local options for um, tax exemptions for seniors, which is something that we're really interested in exploring. Um, and then on the revenue side, it provides um, the opportunity for local 
cities and towns to decide if they want to increase the local meals tax from 0.75% to 1% and increase the local lodging tax from 6 to 7%. So, you know, I think this is a way for the state to say we're not raising taxes, but you can. And each city and town will have to weigh whether it really wants to do that or not. Uh, it also allows for um, an additional surcharge on um, motor vehicle taxes, which a lot of cities and towns are just, our people are already taxed enough. We don't need to do that. Um, so it, it gives more tools for us to be in uh, levels of playing field a little bit between the schools, uh, which had different sets of rules and the and the towns on procurement issues. Well, town manager Paul Bachman, I've, I've always wanted to ask you this question because um, I'll tell you, one of the wonderful things of, of hosting, co-hosting this show is, well, today we had, uh, we learned about uh, the, the Newton teacher strike, and then we learned about the Japanese moon mission from a scientist. We learned about what's happening in the art world. Uh, we learned about what's happening in community action in the, the war on poverty. And now we get to talk to somebody who is running a town. I understand that most of your job involves, hey, where are we going to get the money to fund this? But you also have this panoply of things. Amherst is an interesting community. You get to Stick your thumb in a whole lot of different colored pies, right? Oh my God, it, it's just—it's just so true. And um, I mean, I, first off, credit Claire Higgins, one of the people when she was mayor of Northampton. I worked at the um, MMA. I thought if she ever decided to run for governor, that's one person I'd quit my job and work for. Mm. I just had enormous respect for Claire. But give me—I'll give you an example from this morning. Uh, this morning at um, eight o'clock there was a veterans breakfast in our banks community center organized by a local veteran. Um, he bring, you know, the, the crest program, our community responders program so has supported him in bringing coffee and, and Danish and bringing in veterans. And it was, it was, there were right 30 people there. Um, and then he shares his personal story of being a Vietnam vet and how just five years ago, he, it finally dawned on him that his veterans, his experience in Vietnam shaped who he was so fundamentally and it, it and people sharing stories and um it was just a remarkable event so i get to go to that you know and they're pleased to have me there which <laughs> yeah when i go to things with my kids that's not always the case but you know um so it was it was really a privilege to be able to and the town does a lot of things like that all of our communities do and it's, i really i really want to continue that conversation maybe in our next visit about exactly that because your job really is an enriching uh, exposure to a very special community and all that it has to offer. But speaking of all that it has to offer, could we close by talking about the Winterfest? That's totally. Going on yeah. in Tell us what's going on. So our Winterfest kicked off last weekend and it will close on Saturday. Actually, there'll be a, a thing that was delayed till Sunday. So on on, on Sunday, just as quick, there will be a lecture on uh, ice harvesting on Puffer's Pond and a local person who's done a lot of research on that will be given a talk about that. But on Saturday, we have our um, fire and ice um, event that's happening on the town common from two to six. And then at six o'clock, we have the luminaria, which is where we have candles and uh, fires and things like that throughout the common to just bring to light up the night basically to um, get people out of their homes, come into the town common, see some ice sculptures, see there's all kinds of entertainment that's going to be on the common and visit a restaurant on your way home, um, things like that. And so I think that that's it's a it's a great thing to get bring the family anybody from around the the region is welcome to come and we um, it's it's a really it's a nice day the weather should be perfect for it. 
Oh, really? Uh, I hadn't heard the weather forecast, but uh, that's really good fortune. It is a really special event. Uh, it is Winterfest. The closing events are going to be uh, this Saturday. Hey, Fire and Ice in Luminaria. Dan, I'm sure you're going to be there. Of course. Who doesn't go? Come on, Buzz. <laughs> I live there. How and can I not go? I don't live there, but I will be <laughs> you there. You will be there. Wow, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> Paul Bachman, thank you so much. I do want to continue our conversation about what it's like to be town manager in Amherst mm-hmm. next time we speak. And Sounds meanwhile, great. thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today and all week, and we look forward to our conversations with you next week. Have a great weekend.